On this episode of Deep Thrones, we review Season 4, Episode 2, The Lion and the Rose, and Episode 3, Breaker of Chains. We dissect all of the important implications from Joffrey's wedding, we complain about Season 8's rumored episode running times, and Chris and I drink out of our new Game of Thrones glasses, plus many more hilarious segments. Winter is here. Hey guys, welcome back. This is Deep Thrones Season 4, Episodes 2 and 3, The Lion and the Rose and Breaker of Chains. I, of course, am Sims. My partner Sheedy's here. What's up, Sheedy? Hey guys, we're really chugging along. We are chugging season along. Season 4, I'm loving it. We, uh, we're, we're, on po- we're on pace for that April... April new season. We have not done the math. We're not sure we, that we are. I mean, <laughs> listen, all I know is like, I feel like three weeks ago we were on like season two and then now we're already season four. Yeah. I mean, that math's not right for sure. We but. probably still, when did we start kicking this idea around? Probably around this time last year, right? Maybe more February-ish? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I remember you texted me and said, I want to do this and I... I bought HBO now just so I could watch the show. Yeah, and remember, we thought that it would be summer 2019, not yeah. April 2019. Yeah, and I thought I'd... really screwed us. I thought I'd be married. It's Things change. <laughs> <laughs> shit happens. It do be like that showbiz, sweaty. It, it do be like that. Speaking of shit happening, dude, so have you seen that Firefest documentary? Oh, man. Or those like Firefest? The Netflix, I've seen both the Hulu and the Netflix. The Netflix one is better. The, I, I only saw the Netflix one. Yeah, it's but. way better. They're both great, but the Netflix one is the is the cream of the crop because it's got that one dude. <laughs> okay, so before we get into the dude sucking dick, so basically if, if anyone who has not seen the Firefest and not heard of Firefest, it was this uh, festival that was supposed to go on on a private island. Like 2017? 2017, I think. That's Very right. recent. Yeah, Very recent. oh, super recent. Um, it got like all this social media clout, all these like big Instagram models and like uh, Kylie Jenner even posted about it and stuff, so there's all this popularity. Bella Hadid, going on like about huge it. supermodel. Yeah, exactly. You know what I realized watching the documentary is I know the names of more porn stars than I do supermodels. Isn't that weird? Uh, I mean, I would say that's I, I I would say that's pretty in line with my own way of thought, <laughs> with my own knowledge of. I see you're a man of of uh, experience too. Yeah, you know. <laughs> So I'm a bit of a scientist myself. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so yeah, this was so supposed to be John this... Rule's going to be there. Yeah, dude, this is supposed to be like this lavish, extravagant, private island festival. All these rich millennials were they're, signing up to they're go. They're selling a lifestyle. Exactly. Much like our podcast. Yeah, they sold like this Pablo Escobar-esque lifestyle. Yeah. So it was supposed to be on Pablo Escobar's private island. Turns out they weren't allowed to say his name. So like... The they got first, kicked off the island. They got kicked off the island. They lied about everything. They did. They, it was a big fraud. They stole a ton of money. They didn't pay any of the workers. Uh, fucked up this whole island in the Bahamas. Um, Bands started dropping it. Like Blink-182 was like, we're not going to do it. And don't tell me Blink-182 doesn't need money. I think there's very little they wouldn't do. I, and for them to be like, we're out. <laughs> <laughs> great great band, though. That, oh, classic. Their, song, their album that came out when, I don't know, we were like in 6th or 7th grade or something. Yeah. Um, Great band. That album they yeah. came out with back, yeah. you know, 15 years like, ago. No one likes you when you're, what is it, 25 No one likes you when you're 23. 23, yeah. yeah great, great, great song. Jam. Great jam. But so it turns out that, like, a bunch of models sent out this fire Festival kind of meme on Instagram, and it really shows the power of influencers. So they sold this lifestyle, and all these people start going nuts for this lifestyle. Tickets are flying off the shelves, and these idiots are, like, enjoying it, but they haven't actually planned anything. 
they end up getting a small piece of real estate where they cannot house everybody. Mm-hmm. Instead of using the lavish bungalows they promised, they're using hurricane tents. FEMA tents. FEMA tents. They and it's just all gone to shit. The the food they were promising five star catering. They ended up giving out cheese sandwiches. Unbelievable. People's luggage were given to them by like truck the off one, the planes. The one thing that they did get right was the booze. They they did end up getting like ten thousand dollars worth of booze there. Their heads were not in the right place. So like when the people first get off these private jets, because there's no like commercial airlines that go there. So all these people get off these private planes and they get all boozed up, they're waiting in line, and then it's like minutes turn to hours, they're like, Fuck. We should uh probably figure out how, where we're staying and stuff. Where's our bungalows? Yeah. There's these female tents, but anyways, to we quote thinking, rule, it was murder. <laughs> <laughs> we were thinking we kind of had a spinoff. We're thinking a Deep Thrones fest. Deep Thrones fest. Yes, so right. um, basically, we're going to present this big lavish thing. We'll make it seem like we're in like Winterfell or something. Yeah, we'll actually just be like in one of Mirashidi's backyards. Yep, and then we'll just like say that you're going to get like a fifty thousand dollars stay at a castle, and you just give us your money. And you can sleep in my basement. And you can <laughs> and you can sleep in, a, in in one of our basements where we film or where we record this podcast. Yeah, this so basement that, is hallowed ground. Honestly, you should just give us money to come and watch us record the podcast. I had a friend today say that they would get, she would give me twenty dollars to take a shot of Jameson on the podcast. Ooh, and nice. I said because I don't drink much. Uh, I drink a little bit of red wine, but I don't drink hard liquor. All right, well, will she give me $20 to do no, that? No, 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 oh, no. damn it. It's not worth it. <laughs> All right, well, anyway, kidneys are 80% Jameson to begin with. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't that the truth? Well, anyways, we'll, we'll work on the scam, and you guys stay yeah. tuned. Just give us I have a great idea for a Flay-O-Fish stand where you flay the fish, much okay. like Ramsey would for our uh, Winterfell Festival, or for our Deep Thrones Festival. Oh, nice. And yeah. we'll, we'll make you pay like $100 a fish. Yeah. And we probably won't even yeah. flay him. We'll pin, just... pin the dick on the Theon. Yeah. <laughs> pin the dick on the Reek. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And also, you you made a sick purchase. I did. Um, this week. What? what I bought these. Uh, so, I'm, I'm really up in my purchasing game. I got some Game of Thrones glasses for me and Chris. Uh, they're the Game of Thrones themed. They're nice whiskey glasses. It's a Kingslayer glass, a King of the North, a Winter is Coming glass, and a uh, I, I drink and I know things. Glass. Hell yeah. um, so we're drinking out of them right now. We got a little red wine, and this was a little congrats to ourselves. I got this for Chris because our social media game's been on point lately. It has been on point, if we should say so ourselves. That one you posted today of Brand Warging, pretty <laughs> nuts, and she keeps sucking. Dude, That's I great. Don't, I don't even know. Like, I mean, that might not even been a photo of him warging. He could. They could have caught him like mid sesh. Just he could have been nothing. He could have been nothing. Yeah, you never know. <laughs> Uh, uh, and, and then, then that, that post that you had on the gram. I had a meme of Jon Snow when he emerges during the Battle of the Bastards to breathe, you know, through the center. And uh, it's a big post up top where all the actual work is being done. And it says, uh, Chris doing like a thorough episode review. And then at the bottom by Jon Snow, very tiny, it says, a dick joke from Sheedy. <laughs> <laughs> Emerging from the ashes. It really do be like that, though. That that's, is how we, that's our brand. That's real life. Um, so, actually, there's something that is very serious that we need to talk about here. The season eight times have been released or leaked. Um, they We're not very not very excited. They haven't been verified by HBO yet, so I don't know if my panic where my panic level is right now. But we got our sources working on it. We well, it's. I mean, I'm just not. I'm. I'm going to be straight up. I'm not happy about it. I don't think so. Here's the here's the times. Six episodes altogether. Six is what episodes altogether. The first two are going to be sixty minutes in length. The last four are going to be eighty minutes in length. Right. So. I just don't think that's enough time to wrap everything up and, and not skip a ton of detail. 
I agree. I think that the problem is is that there's so many. Uh, if you figure so, it, I actually broke this down to you on Twitter, where it's like you figure a page a minute, right? In, yeah. in writing and show writing, it's probably different with Game of Thrones because of how many establishing shots there are. But if if they're saying what they've and been also saying, battle scenes and that's stuff what they've been saying well. all along. Those that these are historically long battle scenes. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you got uh, the first two episodes, for instance, that's 120 minutes. How many of those minutes do you think are devoted to a big battle altogether, right? And if you subtract that. I just don't know if there's enough time left to tie up all of the stories we want to see tied up. Yeah. Which will be fixed, of course, when big characters just die. Then I guess their story's tied up. That's a great point, too. I think, I mean, people are going to have to die at an extraordinary rate this week. Or I'm not, I'm sorry, this season. Yes. Um, but the thing, I like, they don't have guidance of the books anymore at this point. They're, they're past the books, so now it's all left to the show writers yeah. who... They have had, you know, it took them, what, two years to put together this last season? Yeah. So they have, in theory, had enough time to wrap up all those storylines. They've earned the benefit of the doubt, I think. In your eyes. In my eyes. Yeah. I think season seven itself was a bit rushed. Uh, yeah. they To me, as a book reader, they have not earned the benefit of the doubt because the one season that they've been past the, the events of the books, in my eyes, was the worst season. Uh, not the worst season. Let me rephrase that. The worst um, season as far rushed. as it comes pacing. into details. Yeah, exactly. The pacing was terrible. And that's like the pacing was terrible, and and like you can use some of the examples of the conversations that we've had up until this point. Like a lot of the conversations have a lot more weight to them, whereas like yeah. in season seven, it was brief stuff just to move the story along. Yeah, and more so about the action. I totally agree with that. I think, and you know, I was watching a lot of. I've I watch a lot of season six by far. That's my favorite season. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think season six is one of the best in Thrones, and you watch it. And every line carries so much weight, and it's ten episodes. In six episodes, and then the feature length. What what feature films an hour and twenty minutes? Yeah, no chance. Eighty minutes is an hour twenty. That's yeah. not feature film. That's no. comedies are an hour and a half. So that's already. I don't know what they're talking about. And there are a ton of sources saying every episode was going to be feature length. All feature summer. length, you got to at least be one thirty. Yeah, or I mean, even even one hundred twenty minutes, I would take. Yeah, I think my issue is that. In six episodes, I don't think with that those running times they'll be able to cover enough between battles and between wrapping up what the fans deserve at this point, which is a clean wrap-up of everything we've wanted. Why was Gendry so important? He doesn't need to be the king, but at least tell us why all that mattered. Yeah. What happens with Brienne of Tarth? What happens with Tormund Giants Bane? What happens mm-hmm. with these side characters? I honestly care more about what happens with them yeah. just as much as I care about who's yeah. on the Iron Throne. I mean, you, you named a great amount there. I mean, Melisandre has been integral to the whole series. What does she do coming up? Davos, Tyrion. Uh, Davos, Beric Dondarrion, the Arya, Hound. The Hound. The, the, mountain. the Mountain. I mean... Jamie. Kyburn? Like, Kyburn. Fuck, there's so many, so many characters. That, yeah, Varys, huge one. I mean, and in six episodes, you know, the first two sixty minutes, the last four eighty minutes. I don't think there's any way, unless they just like kill all of them. It could the be of them. six great episodes, and I could go to bed happy with it. But if it's even the slightest bit rushed, it will always bother me because pacing is very important in these shows. And it's funny when we argue about bridge episodes and bridge episodes. Those bridge episodes, though, set up. Mm-hmm. The Battle of the Bastards. They set up Hard Home. They set up Watchers. They of the tie wall. together storylines. They blue ball you into the greatest coming of winter. Well, I don't. <laughs> think, I, don't I don't think they blue, they edge you. That's what they That's do. Right. They get That's you ready. They, <laughs> That's right. They edge you up there. Um, you know, I maybe I'm being hard on the show writers because I am a book reader and I kind of turned my nose up to season seven. You're so pro George. I am pro George. 
Um, but let me just say this. It doesn't necessarily have to be the ending that I want or everybody wants, but I want it to be an ending that makes sense. Yeah. And I don't want to be at the end of everything just sitting there and being like, fuck, like that kind of, there's, there's no, there's so many loose ends. Yeah. You know, that would, that would upset me. That's the worst. Well, you have deep mob ties to the Italian mafia, and if there's one thing they hate, it's loose ends. You got to yeah. tie those up. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You want to hop into this uh, this review? Yeah, let's dive into this bad boy. Well, so face first. We will start out season four. I'm sorry, season four, episode two, the Lion and the Rose. Um, Ramsey has a little hunt going on. So uh, fucked up. He's just it, like it. Just you're seeing more of how sadistic he is. He plays games, man. He's straight playing games. He's uh, him and uh, his lady friend are chasing this girl around, uh, basically, literally hunting her, shooting arrows at her and stuff. Um, her his girlfriend ends up shooting the lady in the leg. Yeah, Reek is it, along for the hunt. Reek is also here. Henceforth, Theon will be known as Reek. Mm-hmm. And the girl goes down, and then they end up killing her. Uh, but they let the hounds eat her, which is fucked up. And she's he killed like, her because screaming. she was making his other girl, uh, Miranda, her name is Jealous. Yeah. It's weird flex, but okay. With a smile on his face as he says it. You yeah. Know? Bad boy. Bad yeah, boy. Yeah, bad boy. And then from there we go to King's Landing. Tyrion and Jamie are having their first dinner since Jamie's been back. Um, a lot of uh, golden hand talk going on. Jamie's, a lot of hand jobs being handed out. <laughs> Jamie's pissed off, obviously, because he's really half of a man of who he used to be. Tyrion's trying to cheer him up. He says it's just a hand. He spills some wine. He says it's just some wine. Um, half man talking to the half man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're both half men yeah, at this point. At this point. <laughs> and then uh, this is where Jamie gets the idea to start training with Bronn. Yeah, and um, he's got to get the, he's got to get his left. I mean, it's yeah. it. He's got to make his left as good as his right, and. You know, we've all been there. <laughs> Get that mystery hand going mystery. a little bit. Who's yeah. he? Or she? So, oh. <laughs> hey, different strokes for different folks, man. <laughs> <laughs> and then from there, we go up north. Bruce Bolton makes his return to the Dreadfort, which is House Bolton's uh, castle. And Ramsey and Bruce, this is our first time we see some interaction between these two. And it is kind of cool to be able to see how Ramsey's actually kind of in a submissive role. Yeah, Roos is one of those dads that's kind of a dick. Well, yeah, because his son's fucking outrageous. You gotta be a dick to that kid. But nature versus nurture, he probably made him that way, right? Mm, I don't know, dude. I mean, Should have smothered him in, in the crib. I mean, <laughs> like, he... Ramsey's pretty far off the, pretty far off the chain. Sometimes the, the, those mental problems just are, are genetic. I don't that's know. true. That's true. Um, but anyways, Ramsey and Roos, of course, disagree on the way that Theon was handled. Yeah, because he flayed him, and, and he was going to be a bargaining chip for Moat Kalen. He was going to be the bargaining chip for Moat Kalen. Yeah. Which, um, to kind of give a background on the scenario here, the army of the north is trapped south of the Neck, which is, of course, where Moat Kalen is. And the reason the- is, the Ironborn hold Moat Kalen. Yeah. And Ram- Roos's plan was to use Theon as a bargaining chip to take Moat Kalen back from the Ironborn. Therefore, getting his nar- yeah. army back safely to the north. Yeah, Roos even angrily says to uh, Ramsay, "I had to be smuggled into my, uh, you know, own lands right now." Mm-hmm. And Theon would have been huge in those bargains in in the trade ship, the biggest trade ship. And then Ramsay shows Roos just how much he has broken Theon. He has Theon shave him, and mm-hmm. while he's shaving him, he has Theon reveal that. Uh, well, he says, "I've killed Rob. My dad killed Rob Stark. How do you feel about that?" And Theon, like an obedient dog, just keeps shaving him. Doesn't slit. Then, of course, the implication is Theon can slit his throat. Exactly. But Roos just watches, and uh, and then he has Theon reveal to Roos the big news, which is huge news for the Boltons. Bran and Rickon are alive. Yes, and then now 
Varus Pelton. It's a threat. It is a threat. And John, John it, Snow is It is a threat, but it's also a huge way. If Bruce Bolton can get his hands on Bran and uh, that kid that no one cares about while they're still young and pretty much hold them prisoner, he could still hold the North. Um, yeah. You know, if there's a Stark in Winterfell, people are going to be chill with it. Bruce would just be technically the Warden of the North. Yeah. Um, and Bran and Rickon would be his wards, I guess. Yeah, but I think he knows that those two, that they could rally the North. Yeah, as, as they're loose, yeah. That's a sure. threat. So that's yeah. why Roos is saying, like, okay, uh, you've impressed me with what you've done to Theon. Use your play thing. Give him O'Kalen, and I'll, re- I'll reconsider your position in the family. Exactly. And Ramsey kind of smiles at that. Oh, yeah, um, a little grin. From there. What if, he w- what if he had Theon, like, shave his nuts in front of his dad? <laughs> I was going to say, he probably does behind closed <laughs> doors. Yeah, just like, behind closed doors. <laughs> I would love to know what goes on behind those closed doors. No, you don't. No, you don't. Yeah, I do. <laughs> probably a lot of hair eating and shit. Oh, so much hair eating. <laughs> Uh, from there, we jump up to King's Landing for a short scene with Varys and Tyrion. But basically, Tyrion is now realizing that he needs to uh, separate himself from Shay. Yeah, which is um, 18 episodes too late, but yeah. <laughs> exactly. He's finally getting that shit together. And then Joffrey's having his wedding shower. He's getting a ton of gifts. Um, nice book from, uh, from from Tyrion about how to be a good king, how to learn from the four kings. Yeah, that definitely was not on Joff's registry, but, you know. He was not happy about it. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like when you're, it's like when you're 13 and you get clothes for your birthday, and you're like, you're the like fuck socks. is this? <laughs> you, get, you get some, like, old socks, some new socks. Yeah. Uh, and then, so, Joff's getting all these gifts. Tyrion, like you said, gives him that book. Um, Joff's actually being, like, courteous at this point, because mainly because Tywin's sitting right next to Joffrey. But he then gets gifted from Tywin this Valyrian steel sword, um, which at which point all courtesy goes out the window and Joff just slices up all the other gifts. What that the he fuck got. does he name it? Widow's Whale, I think. Widow's Whale. And yeah. then he says, he's like, it's every time I use it, it'll remind me of when I cut off Ned Stark's yeah. head. It's just like so many Stark death name droppings in this fucking show. I f- yeah, I mean, if you're a Stark, you just like... I mean, how many times do you think Ned got the joke like, "Oh yeah, like your your dad and, and brother died"? Probably not much, because he was a fucking badass. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, he did win that war, and it was sure. him and Robert in charge. If it was yeah. like a different king, probably not that much. Yeah, um, and then from there, Tyrion is basically having this one-on-one with Shay, and he says, "You got to go to Pentos. We have this uh, ship for you. You're gonna have a house with servants and all this stuff." Shay, I think, is actually kind of hurt at this time. Yeah. Because she's crying. Because she's not getting her way. She's a spoiled little brat. Yeah, she's, yeah that, that's probably the biggest thing. But you know what's interesting, though? She feigns this... Okay, let me put it this way. Up until this point, I thought that Shay actually was starting to like Sansa. And I thought that she was always feigning her relationship with Tyrion. Whereas when uh-huh. this scene comes on, she is saying, basically, fuck Sansa. Um, she's not your wife. Like, I... I love you, all this shit. Yeah. And I think she cared for Sansa as a person. I think once that whole thing went down, everything got complicated when she married Tyrion. Yeah, perhaps. Because even when she was stuck in, like, that, uh, the room with Cersei when the Blackwater was going on, she said, like, Sansa, I'll keep you alive, but you got to get out of here. Yeah, that's true. Good call. Um, and then, so basically, T- Tyrion wants to send Shay out of there, and she's freaking out about it. But she at, cries terribly. She cries terribly. Slaps Bronn. But very key uh, scene that I didn't notice the last few times I watched this episode. Tywin requests that Shay uh, goes to his tower 
like at that wedding shower the same night yeah. before here. He mentions that. So it's kind of like, oh, that's why Shade probably didn't get out of there. Intercepted. Um, from there we go to Dragonstone. Melisandre's burning people for seemingly no reason. Yeah, one of them is Stannis' brother-in-law. Yeah. It's his uh, wife's uh, brother. Yeah. And uh, he's like, he's like, Stannis, dude, the fuck? And like, and I've been loyal, I haven't done anything to... Yeah, but they it. all were, uh, I guess, not treasonous, but they were... They, were, they were worshipped the, the other seven. gods. Yeah. yeah, the seven. Which... Which, fuck, the dude. people south worship the seven, but the people up north worship the old gods and the new, Right. Right. Generally, generally. Generally. Okay. Um, the thing is, though, prior to the Battle of Blackwater, Stannis did not, you know, burn people for worshipping the Seven. Like, he, had, he had plenty of people in his army that worshipped the Seven beforehand. But now, since he's lost, he's gone off the deep end, he's completely given himself to Mel. Oh, yeah, he's gone full David Koresh at this point. He's yeah. out He's out there. He doesn't know what he's doing anymore. He's just burning the fuck out burning, of people. He's burning all the seals. Selyse is actually out of her mind. So, uh, Stannis' wife... His name is Celise. She's totally into Mel and her vision and just hates Shireen, who is like my favorite character on the show. Cutest character by so far. So fucking Adorable cute. daughter. Stannis' daughter. Uh, but she just like talks shit about Shireen and I got pissed. Uh, next scene, we are um, basically watching Bran have a heroin trip. Oh yeah, he's out there. <laughs> he's, we gotta get Jeff Van Vyderen the dra- He's chasing the dragon, uh, but you never catch the dragon. Oh, you know? get me a dragon. <laughs> I'm so close to the dragon. But uh, but basically, Bran's having a great time being Summer, his direwolf, and they, Jojen and Mira and them end up waking him up. Like, dude, you can't stay that long. And he eats his Summer, and they're all hungry because they're north of the wall, there's no yeah. food. And he's like, but I was eating, and they're like, you weren't eating. Summer was eating. Yeah. And then they hand him oh. some food, and he's, like, chowing down on it. And they're like, yeah, you stayed in there too long. You're going to start acting like a beast. And he, like, stops and, like, looks up. He's like, oh, he, like, lifts his probably. leg and starts taking, like, a piss on, like, a fire hydrant. <laughs> and they're like, no, bad boy. Yeah. but oh, Hodor? So he uh, he then has a vision through the weirwood tree, and then the Three-Eyed Raven's talking to him. But he sees Ned. He sees some interesting stuff that may come, into, come to fruition later on. Um, he ends up seeing an empty throne room with snow coming down, mm-hmm. which was very similar to Danny's Danny's dream, vision, yeah. Uh, in season two, and then she he sees a dragon flying over King's Landing, which is pretty wild. It's a wild one. It's an important one. Very important. And one. he also um, does he get any uh, Night King traveling visions? He doesn't. He doesn't see the Night King, but he he sees the tree where all that shit went down. Right. Um, that bad with the boy cave tree. underneath and shit. Yeah. Yeah. And he sees a child of the forest as well. Is that where they created the Night King by that tree? It's by there. Yeah. Yeah. Near there. It's yeah. around the block. Yeah. Around by the Seven yeah. <laughs> Eleven. Uh, and then from there we go to back to King's Landing. Joffrey and Marjorie getting married. Joffrey and Marjorie. This has Marjorie to be the marry up of the decade, dude. Joffrey is killing it. I can't be mad at him, dude. dude. You bag a girl like Marjorie. I gotta tell you it was a way cooler wedding than both Tyrion's and the Red Wedding, for sure. Well, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah. Yeah. Marjorie's hair was kind of bad looking, but we'll get to that later on. Yeah, she uh, wasn't she honestly didn't look that great, I don't think. I think she was I think she was going for more of a traditional look that time than than the than the usual low cut dress that she wears and all that stuff. Give me low cut. Yeah. Give it well, to me. Yeah. Give me those deep V's. <laughs> the whole realm's there, you know, you gotta look you gotta look traditional so you don't piss anybody off. But I mean, the set was absolutely amazing in my opinion. They had like a they had like big wooden like dragons and lions and shit. Um, they had like jesters. They had bands playing. Yeah, it was beautiful. Uh, I thought it was really cool. But 
the actors, like, everyone there is so pretentious, but they all have these fake smiles on. They're trying to be courteous to each other. Yeah, it's, it's basically, this is like the Oscars. All yeah. these fake-ass rich people come out, and everyone wants to look the best and be the best and get yeah. to give the best speech, but you all have to act happy for everyone else. And mainly because I think, like, Tywin's there, that everyone's not at each other's throats. Ty- Tywin is that guy. He's yeah. the glue. He's the glue guy. He keeps oh, yeah. everyone together. Oh, yeah. Um, but there's a ton of little, like, cool conversations that go on here. Um, Tywin and Elena have some garden politics. Great minds going back and forth, but nothing really too important to Just talking finances, and it's basically just Elena kind of jabbing him, like, hey, you know, we helped pay our share, and it's just, yeah. a, it's just money. Yeah. Uh, there's no the Iron Bank. Yeah, but this isn't one of those scenes where, like, it's all, like, low-key, really intense burning. This is just fun jabbing between two, old, two elders. Yeah. They play the game, you yeah. know. And they I, they have an they have an immense amount of respect for each other too. Yeah. You can just tell. After uh, that scene, there's a great moment where Bron just kind of assures to Tyrion. He's like, "Hey, buddy, don't worry. Shay got on the ship." And then Bron walks away, and Tyrion kind of nods. And then Oberyn walks past and goes, "Hello." Yeah. And then Tyrion goes, "Hey." You know? <laughs> and then he goes, "Not you." And then Tyrion looks, and there's like this girl doing like the splits, or oh, has like yeah. her ass up by her head. And then Tyrion's like, "Oh, okay." And Oberyn like walks right up to her. Dude, Oberyn's been smanging since he since he stepped foot in King's Landing. It's insane. I, his dick has to look has to have so much so much rug burn. Yeah, dude. There's there's probably warts on there. There's probably all sorts of. I don't know. He's Weird got. Shit. He's got the clap. <laughs> he's got it all. He's got it all. <laughs> he's got it all. He's got everything there is to have. Um, and then, so like you said, Brian said that uh, Shay's gone. New Tommen's in the house. So this is our first time we see the new Tommen actor. The better Tommen. Way cooler. Um, Lady Elena speaks with Sansa. He, she's like feeling her up. She makes it seem like she's like playing with her hair and kind of like. Ch- checking out her new necklace and stuff. Yeah, she's really checking out that necklace. Yeah, really getting really hands on with that at necklace. That necklace. Uh, she mentions kind of condolences for Rob dying. Um, <laughs> sorry about all of your family. <laughs> <laughs> sorry about people getting murdered at weddings. Yeah, sorry about the consistent death of your family. <laughs> and while she's doing this, the Marines of Casimir are playing, so it's kind of like a little callback, yeah. but also a little forward. Quick shout out to Sophie Turner, whereas like 95% of her scenes, she has to be crying, right? And if you think about the fact that she is crying as a human being during those scenes, oh yeah, and that they do multiple takes... I wonder where an actor has to go to consistently have that. Her and uh, Alfie Allen, who plays Theon, hats off to you guys for the emotional... Because, again, these are they do these scenes probably 15 takes oh, yeah. easy. And you have to consistently be crying. And they say, all right, cut. We'll come back in five. And then you have to rechannel those tears. How, I never understand. Where do you even get it. those? How do you not get dehydrated? I, she's probably just chugging water. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she could chug... Anyway, so next My scene. My nuts. Loris uh, <laughs> and Jamie. Past season four and past. Not, no preseason. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, yeah, we're not talking child Sansa. No, adult. We're talking 18 up. Yeah. And, but you know what? I guess we can say whatever we want because Chris Hansen's in jail. He can't bust us. <laughs> <laughs> That's Mountain Dew, baby. <laughs> um, so, anyways, Loris and Jamie are talking about Cersei. Jamie kind of threatens Loris, like, you'll never marry her, actually. And then Cersei does the same thing with Brienne concerning Jamie. Um, but Cersei yeah. really doesn't, like, threaten Brienne. But she asks if... You if, love him. If, he loves, if she loves him. That's a huge question. And Brienne... Doesn't respond. There's a weird cut there. It's awkwardly filmed where she just goes, Your Grace, and walks away. Yeah. Whereas, like, I feel like they cut something out. Yeah, but, well, I mean. But yeah. when Jamie says to Loris, You'll never marry my sister, Loris goes, Neither will you. Yeah. 
Lawrence gives him a little. It's a little clapback. Clap clap uh, but yeah, so basically, I think Brienne thinks she loves Jamie at this point. I think she does. I think they they shared a lot emotionally on that trip, and they were in that tub together. They were in the tub together, and then Jamie came back and saved her life against the bear. So yep. big things. Um, Joff and Cersei basically start turning at this point. I think maybe they had too much wine or something, but they start being vindictive. They're Assholes. not putting up that facade anymore. Um, Tywin and Cersei end up chatting with Oberyn and Hilaria Sand. Ooh, this is one of those ones where it is tense. It is very tense. They're talking. I mean, they're basically Oberyn and Hilaria just know that someone commanded the Mountain to murder their niece and nephews. Um, and that's Tywin's boy. And that's and that's. I mean, the Mountain only gets his commands from one place, right? Yeah. And Oberyn explains to Cersei and. and- and Tywin that Endorn bastards are a beautiful thing. They're born of passion, of love. Uh, and then uh, Cersei says, well, in our part of the world, we find that kind of distasteful. And he goes, well, in our part of the world, we find the rape and murder of women and children distasteful. Luckily, yeah. your daughter has been sent to the latter. Yeah. Which also is kind of a low-key, like, it's a she's with us, motherfucker. Yeah, it's definitely a threat. I, I'm, I'm actually, I'm surprised. I think maybe even Oberyn didn't really want to step on Tywin's toes too much. I think if it was, a, if it was a one-on-one with Cersei, he definitely would have mentioned some incest shit. Oh sure. yeah. Um, I don't get why more people don't do that in front of Tywin. That's what they should have done. Well, because Tywin could actually ruin your fucking life. I true. mean, I guess, Cer- I guess Cersei can too, but he, Cersei can't do that to Oberyn Martell though. Yeah, he would have been like, "Where I'm from, we don't fuck our brother." But yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, another thing, Ilaria's outfit was fucking fire. She looked great. She, she had, looked great. She had one of those. She had one of those shirts where, or one of those blouses where it like goes all the way down and it like shows your belly button and like just covers up your boobs. But yeah. like, I got know. the same shirt. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> it's it works. Looks all, better on me. All occasions. Um, Joffrey brings out the little people at this point. So they're these little jesters. They're doing the War of the Five Kings. Super distasteful, A, because Tyrion, of course, is a little person, and B, because there's multiple family members of people who are connected there. Um, Sansa, of course, was connected to Rob by blood. Um, Loras and Marjorie Tyrell, who are part of the royal family now, were previously connected to Robert, or I'm sorry, not Robert Baratheon. Um, help me here. Renly Baratheon. Renly. Um, so, you know, I mean, a lot of people are just pissed off about this whole thing. Joffrey's just cracking up, shoots a little jape at Tyrion. Tyrion fires back, and Joffrey, of course, finds that unacceptable. So then he pours wine on Tyrion. Yeah, great vintage. Shave it spilled. <laughs> Pretty fucked up. And then and then not only does he pour it out on him, but then he makes Tyrion be the cupbearer and refill it for him. Um, and he, like, drops it when Tyrion pick, goes to fill it, and then he, like, kicks it under the table, and Tyrion it. has to go get it. Sansa actually helps Tyrion out there. She um, grabs it for him. Yeah, but long story short, once Tyrion does fill up this wine and get it to Joffrey, Joffrey ends up choking. At first, he's eating this pie, so you think, like, maybe he's just choking on the pie, but it turns out he's actually choking on some poison in that wine. Um, it's called the Strangler, so it uh, swells up your... Um, I don't know, esophagus, and you can't breathe, and you die. So, brutal death. Passes out, he's just choking. He's staring right at his mom. Cersei's, like, hugging him. He's bleeding out of his nose. Pretty fucked up shit. It is a fucked up scene. I think the one of the most fucked up things about it, too, is that in an interview, 
uh, Jack Gleason, who plays Joffrey, said that they had to keep putting this vinegar concoction inside his mouth, and he had to keep spitting it up. And he said he's, it was just brutal. He said Ew. he said the taste was awful, and he said he actually wasn't able to keep his eyes open for too long. So just to get a certain shot, an assistant director had to like hold his eyes open. Oh shit! <laughs> and they're fucked up. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm sure he's getting paid enough to put some fucking vinegar in his mouth, but. <laughs> hey, listen, dude. You put vinegar in your mouth, see how much you like it. If you pay me a million dollar contract, I'll put yeah, anything that's true, in my mouth. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> oh, fire festival, suck it, Nick. Get that water. Fire festival. Um, all right, so that was uh, season four, episode two. Definitely, we're going to take up the majority of the time on the review with that episode because the wedding just had so much details going on. Joffrey's death is huge. The king is dead. Yeah. The king is dead. They seize Tyrion. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cersei says, take him because, of course. Uh, Joffrey as he's dying points at Tyrion but really he's pointing at the goblet that he just fucking died from yeah and I get that she hates Tyrion I get that she's emotional I get that they'll blame Tyrion until the end but do they really think that he thought that was a good look for him Tyrion's like oh I'll poison him by being his cupbearer I'll get away with it yeah everyone knows Tyrion's one thing he loves is surviving he said it earlier in the episode that I want to be alive the thing is like Cersei's just so emotional and so passionate about her kids when one dies she's just gonna blame Anyway, and she's been meaning to get rid of Tyrion for years now anyway, so it's just convenient that that moment's there. It's a weird flex. Also, the importance, too, uh, completely changes Sansa and Baelish's uh, storyline moving forward. Completely changes Tyrion's storyline moving forward. Mm-hmm. Completely changes Tywin's storyline Marjorie's. Marjorie. So, uh, Tommen's. Tommen is the king now. He's, he's the heir. Yeah, he's the king. So, Oberyn's. Uh, we're going to kind of fly through this second episode. Yeah, let's get, it. Let's get into um, it. So without further ado, Season 4, Episode 3, Breaker of Chains. Um, we start mm, out... Sounds kinky. <laughs> we start out... Uh, Sansa Daenerys. is re- re- uh, basically fleeing from King's Landing because she would probably get blamed and killed for that murder. The drunk Ser Dantos, who gave her the necklace out of nowhere, is like, yo, we got to get the fuck out of here. I'll take you. Mm-hmm. Tywin's like, we got to shut down the capital. Cersei's like, where's his bitch wife, Sansa? Mm-hmm. And everyone's after her. And Ser Dantos gets her to, uh, the, I think, the bay... Uh, but like a kind of a roundabout area. Yeah. Kind of a low-key smuggler's, smuggler's den, I think, is yeah. probably where it was. To get her into the water, to get her out of King's Landing, or else she's, she's, her head's on the block. And she ends up going to Baelish's ship, and she climbs up on there. Baelish is being creepy, like, oh, no, no. oh Sansa. Uh, but... Sansa, this is welcome where she, to my ship. This is where she starts learning these lessons. You can't say no because of the implication. <laughs> <laughs> Implications of the ship. Yeah. But, and uh, and uh, then he just fills Sir Dantos up with arrows. And yeah. she's like, whoa, why'd you kill him? And he's like, money buys a man's silence for a while, but arrows buy it forever. Yeah. And then she's like, but he helped me. He's like, did he? On my orders. And he shows her the necklace and he says, I gave him this to give you. Yep. Sir Dantos was no hero. No, he was he was a he was a he was a plant. Yeah. Um, so then Tywin actually counsels Tommen up a little bit. They're standing. Love over this jo- scene. Love a little scene. Tywin teaching. Oh yeah. Uh, Joffrey's body is still probably warm. I don't know, but um, they're preparing him for the funeral. Um, and then Tywin seizes the opportunity to teach Tommen on what it means to be a wise king. Yeah. Uh, Makes some great points. And then later on, after Tywin and Tommen go off into the other room to counsel some more. Jamie bursts in and ends up raping Cersei over Joffrey's dead body. Yeah, this is a fucked up scene. This is really messed up. This is not a good scene. She's like, she's like, yo, let me say no. 
she's saying no a bunch and she's yeah. like yo like joffrey's like right here yeah. and jamie's like i don't care he's like why did the gods make me love such a hateful woman yeah and i was like you're the one raping yeah who's the hateful one dickhead pretty wild but cersei also realizes that not only did she lose joffrey but she already sees she's lost tommen and that tywin has his claws in tommen oh yeah which we should do an alternate history down the road without giving too much away whereas if tywin if he was around a lot longer, how that would have affected Tommen. I think Tommen would have been a great, a great king. king. Oh, I think yeah. he would have been a fantastic oh, king yeah. if Tywin was alive. The realm would have prospered for sure. Yeah, I think that's an interesting history, alternate history. And, and I mean, yeah, dude, fucking Marcella would still be alive. Yeah. Dorne, Dorne would still be allies. Yeah, it's a really yeah, interesting crazy take. stuff. Yeah, we'll write that down. We'll get that going. Um, and then next scene, Arya and the Hound encounter some farmers in the Riverlands. Um, they actually end up... Taking so the farmers take in Arya and the Hound, and then the Hound in return mugs them as they're leaving. Arya's pissed off because she still has you know her good soul, her good streak in her, and the Hound saying this is just how shit is. They they weren't gonna live anyways. Once winter comes, we're kind of doing them a favor. We um, will see this family again in season seven. We do, sadly. Sadly. And then uh, from there we go further north, Castle Black. Sam needs to get Gilly out of there because he's. Very aware of the fact that the Night's Watch is just a bunch of like rapists and thieves. They're and, all horny. There's no women. And, they all want to get that nut. And it's really a bunch lawl- of squirrels. It, it, it's like probably at the most lawless that it's been because Mo- Commander Mormont's gone. Um, it's up for grabs right now. There's yeah. mutineers up at Craster's. There's yeah. a lot going on. There's a lot going on. So Gilly gets sent to Molestown, where it turns out that's not the safest place for her. But we'll get to that at another episode. Um, from there, Stanos and Davos, I'm sorry, Stannis and Davos are trying to figure out how to take advantage of the king dying. But also Stannis is like, I threw Rob Stark's name in, he dead. I threw Joffrey's name in, he dead. And yeah. Davos is like, not a coincidence! <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, that's pretty hard evidence to refute. Yeah. The thing is, though, Davos just is trying to bring back morality into the picture. Like, I don't think Davos really minded the birthing scene. I don't think he minded. You got that. You got that front row seat. I don't think he minded the leeches on Gendry. I think he does mind the ruthless killing of all these people in the name of the Lord of Light. I feel like the two best hands that we see are Davos and Tyrion, and they both tend to preach the same thing, which is a certain temperance that you know past kings haven't had, which is we don't need to slaughter innocents to yeah. be leaders. Yeah. Whereas other people are like, oh, we can slaughter innocents to be leaders, and those two try to say no. We can let people live, and I think John is one of the best at also doing that. Yeah, I also, I mean, low key, like Tywin never really slaughters innocent people. Um, well, the Red Wedding. Well, I guess they were not the Reigns. They weren't innocent. They were bad boys. The entire family. They fucking. They. They. Yeah. They killed. They, dude. The sacking of King's Landing. All. All Tywin did was send somebody there to collect the his Martells. fucking taxes, and then they killed the guy and sent him back. Sent his head back. Elia Martell's babies. Yeah, that was fucked up. But he didn't do it, but he ordered it. Yo, crazy shit happens when you're sacking a city. You That's got, true. I mean, you he was signing papers. You, know I mean? you, got, you got thousands of guys who are just like, yeah, I'm going to rape and pillage as much as I possibly can. How do you control that, even if you're a commander? Dude? You can't be in every room okay. in the city. You're really bending for Tywin here. Uh, I'm a big Tywin fan. You are. Uh, next scene, we're in King's Landing. Oberyn's mid-sesh with a ton of prostitutes. Tywin walks in and basically interrogates Oberyn about Joffrey's death. But Oberyn I, is like a master of poisons. Yeah. He studied thoroughly uh, mm-hmm. poisons. He also, uh, he, but he isn't there to prosecute Oberyn in any sense. Because I think Tywin knows that if it was Oberyn, he wouldn't have done that, done it that way. 
Yeah. I mean, Oberyn wants Tywin. Yeah. And uh, so what they actually end up Which discussing. Me, I'm actually going to do a Westeros history minute uh, on another episode on Oberyn. Ooh, I like that. I'm excited about that. Uh, but what Tywin really wants is to uh, discuss more important things with Oberyn, one of which being he wants Oberyn to be one of the judges at Tyrion's trial. There's three judges, Tywin, Oberyn, and uh, Marjorie's father. Mace Tyrell. Mace Tyrell. Mm-hmm. Who's basically Tywin's puppet. So that's two so votes Oberyn's against gonna Tywin. Be, yeah, Oberyn's really going to be the only one who's going to be just there. Um, but yeah, so uh, Oberyn ends up accepting this position to represent Dorne in the small council, which in turn actually builds an alliance between Dorne and uh, King's Landing. That's Tywin's... He's a smart man. He's a smart strategizer. Uh, From there, Tyrion is in the King's Landing dungeon. He learns that Sansa peaced out and basically (laughs) has no one to turn to at this point for witnesses or anything like that. Um, Yeah, they won't let him see Bronn because he's a cutthroat. uh, And he even is like, well, Jamie won't because let me see Jamie. He has no allies. So a really touching moment uh, about Pod, too. Love it. So Podrick was presented with an opportunity to sell out Tyrion and just get paid a lot and made into a knight. And Podrick declined the opportunity. And Tyrion just says, you know, that's not gonna that's not gonna be the last that you hear from whoever offered you that. Like they're gonna come back and either force you to do it or they're gonna kill you. So Tyrion says, Forget about me, you need to get out of here and flee King's Landing. Um, which Podrick was reluctant to do, but he ended up doing um uh, because Tyrion just told him, like, yo, you you have to do this, forget about me. Yeah, it's about survival at this point, which Podrick yeah. could have taken that deal, but he refused to. He could have been knighted. He could have been Sir Podrick Payne, yeah. and instead he is a loyal squire, and that's what Tyrion says. He said there's never been a more uh, loyal squire, and Podrick yeah. has tears in his eyes. Yeah, I had tears in my eyes, too. I had tears in my eyes. Um, from there, some wildlings are slaughtering innocent farmers in the north. Love this scene. Uh, Love e- it. Egret and Tormund are also included in this, in this slaughter. They're fucking people up. Yeah, oh, this is what they fu- do. They're murdering the fuck out of people. And, oh, and then the Fen takes Ollie, the little boy, and he's like, you see your mama and your papa i'm gonna eat them and yeah. then he says you know where castle black is tell the crows we're coming yeah so ollie turns out to be a huge character he's just a little boy he's a little he's a little boy at this time point in time he does get up to castle black um and delivers this information all the night's watchmen decide that they need to shore up castle black make sure everything's sealed up because some are like we got to go get them and it's, it's uh, a bad call they're tra- they want them to come in exactly their numbers are small they only got like 102 guys at yeah. castle black and then john makes a big important suggestion to go murder uh, the mutineers up at crasher's keep not because they mutinied, but because they have very valuable intel that there are only 102 people at Castle Black. John lied to the wildlings, said they had 1,000. If they know that they have 100, there's no chance. Yeah, they would just march right away. Yes. Um, so that's very important. So we'll get to that in another episode. We finish up in Marine. Danny and company arrive at this new slave city called Marine. Um and the first thing that they're greeted to is a champion of Marine coming out of the gates. Yes. On no. a horse. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, you show up with an army at an enemy city, like, they're not just going to open the gates and be like, oh, yeah, come on in. Yeah, come hang out. out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so this champion comes out. Well, yeah, that's that's what, you know, sometimes they do. Like, Poland. <laughs> <laughs> that's fucked too soon that's not too soon <laughs> no, they know good. what they did um <laughs> uh, so this so it turns out just from reading the books they don't ne- they never mention the show because it's not important but the dude's name is oznak zopal wow it's pretty weird god bless you um <laughs> but uh in the books or let me just explain how it went down in the show so in the show 
Dario is chosen as the champion of Danny. He he says he wants to do it. He, he says he wants to, to do shit. it because he has the less to lose. He, if if he dies, Danny doesn't really lose much. But Dario knows he's not going to lose. He's the cockiest. Yeah. Oh, he's, yeah. ca- he's open as soon as he steps in the gym. <laughs> exactly. So um, this this Osnat guy comes charging at Dario. But on he's horseback. doing all this bullshit. First he like pisses and he's like dancing around. Yeah. And Dario like as he's charging at Dario, he's making this face where he keeps like looking at Danny and, and Jorah. He at her. And Danny and Jorah are like sweating. Like, dude, are you gonna fucking do something? Yeah. And Dario's just kind of like. <laughs> uh, so this Osnat guy is charging on horseback at Dario. Dario's on foot. He doesn't even have his uh, he doesn't even have his Iraq on him his big sword he just has a little dagger yeah so he just uh, maybe this horse is maybe thirty yards away he just pulls it out his dagger gives a little kiss gives it a kiss tosses it eyeballs the horse just straight through the eyeball of the horse the horse face plants Osnak pretty much rolls directly into Dario yeah and Dario then proceeds to just chop the dude's heads up head off like the dude just like rolls all the way to dario's feet like is like completely dazed like yeah. sits up and dario just immediately kills him yeah. which that throw arguably kind of like me on cod with the with the nades cooked to perfection <laughs> occasionally i killed myself dude, more was, than that, occasionally better throw night king or dario Ooh, night. Ooh, that's tough. Because bigger target, bigger. Ooh, yeah. I don't know, man. I don't know. I'm gonna have to watch the tape. <laughs> yeah. We'll watch the film. And get back watch to the it. film. and get better. Um, book version. They uh, Danny chooses this cell uh, sword called uh, Strong Bellwas. Is his name? His name is Strong Bellwas. His his name's Bellwas, but his his nickname. Everyone calls him Strong Bellwas. He was a arena fighter, and uh, he earned his freedom, and now he's uh, like a, a henchman for Danny. So, anyways, huge badass. He does pretty much the same thing as Dario does, only instead of like pissing at the end, he shits on the guy, on the dead guy's head at the end. I would have loved to see a full Dario squat <laughs> of shit. Fucking so shits on him. It's great. But he's like stuff. constipated, and he's just like, give me a second. Okay. So <laughs> give, not, me, give me a second, it's coming. Not, not only did he embarrass <sighs> this guy, but he did it like while he had to poo, and he's just like, oh yeah, all right, now I can finally poo. It's I just right. love the concept of him not being able to, and like the whole entire <laughs> audience is just like... Is he? What's going on? And he's just like, <laughs> give me a second. He's just meditating. Oh, and then Dar, and then I'm sorry, Daenerys launches um, these crates into the city filled with broken chains to yeah. show the slaves that this is what this could be yours. And yeah. it ends with a slave looking at the broken chain with the chain around his neck, and his master sees it. And then he looks at the master, and the master looks at him like, uh oh, yeah, they're starting to poo their pants a little bit. Uh oh, spadettios. Yeah. So yeah, so that's the end of those two episodes. Great episodes, in my opinion. I loved both episodes. Very important events happening. This is where we're starting to see some snowballing of storylines. Um, things things start to go in a different direction very quickly for a lot of different characters. Um, where would you rate these episodes? So episode two, which was The Lion and the Rose with Joffrey's death, I gave it 9.9. 9. Mm. Wow. High really? rating. I think it's 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 so significant that I had to. I just enjoy that final scene so much of Joffrey dying. It meant so much to me to see him finally die in oh, a very yeah. painful way. It was great that he was being a huge dick right before he died, too. Oh, yeah, and he died like a quivering pussy. Yeah. Uh, and then episode three, I gave an 8.8. Wow. So I loved you, it. Man, dude. I had a great time watching these episodes. So, okay, so that's, I mean, I can't even do the math, but, like, that's got to be, like, 19.7 out of the 20 possible points. It's something. Something like that? It's wow. something. It's, like, it's an 18.7. Okay. Sick. Um, mine, we're a little bit lower. I gave the first one a 7.5. Okay. Um, 
you know, for me to get like close to that nine or ten mark, you you know me, I compare it to like you know the red weddings and the, and yeah. the hard homes and shit like that. So uh, this one very important, but not as important as some of the other episodes. So still solid seven and a half, hard seven and a half. Um, and then hard. the second one, Breaker of Change, I gave a seven. Ah, uh, not too far away. Not too far away. I thought I thought the only thing that really made the line in the road was better <coughs> than the break of chains was the fact that Joffrey got poisoned. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I actually wrote too that episode two, the first one, I would have given a ten if but no Jon Snow. There was no Jon Snow, so oh, I didn't get that ten. Oh, okay. Nice. I'm picking up what you're laying down there. Yeah. Alright, so first segment, best line slash Yas Queen. These episodes have some good some good ones to choose some from. Some great lines. Uh you wanna go first or you want me to? I'll lead us off here. Lead us off. You're the lead off hitter. So my first one is from Elena Tyrell to Lady Sansa. And let's see, where did I write this down at? Okay, here we go. Um, she he, says, he, he did a whole new system I did for it. his notes. I did. So just bear with him, folks. I typed it's very out. fancy. I typed we it are, out this time. We're delivering you the best product this we possibly legit. can, folks. We're <laughs> drinking alcohol. We got new microphones. Chris is printing shit. This is top of the line <laughs> stuff. Um, so Lady Elena says to Sansa, War is war, but killing a man at a wedding. Horrid. What type of monster would do such a thing? Lady Elena, sneaky, sneaky, sneaky. Oh, a little pearl harbor. Kind of like a pearl harbor, okay. Yeah, yeah. Lady Elena, kind of sneaky. Lady Elena, what a monster. She's just she, Lady Elena's that person who like is she's that person who's like, oh yeah, if anyone's listening, I didn't poison anybody. Yeah. You know, <laughs> if the FBI is listening, I got you, I got you. Dude, but Brendan, Brendan loves him so. I'm- Oh, and we are, we got to have him back on soon. Oh, he'll be he'll be back probably. Who do we have next? We don't have anyone. Cass next. is coming on next week. Oh, next okay. Yeah. Oh yes, yeah. okay, Cass. Yeah, you're supposed to be here tonight. I said we wouldn't make fun of her. <laughs> well, you said you said <laughs> that. <laughs> uh, anyway, some heat. So the next my Yas Queen here was. Um, wow, I got it. The, the typing's really throwing me off here. Okay, my Yas Queen was from Oberyn Martell to Tywin. And it's after uh, Tywin's talking about the bastards and how he doesn't really, like, approve of them. Um, Oberyn says, In some places the highborn frown upon those of low birth. In other places, the rape and murder of children is considered distasteful. Yeah. And you hinted on that earlier in the review. It's a great line. It is great. Tywin's kind of like, oh, fuck, you're right, dude. That was rude of me to do. That was rude. Yeah, that was a little rude. (laughs) Sorry. Excuse me. So what uh, do you got? My best line is Ramsey to Roos about Jon Snow. He's half Stark himself. He could be a threat. Oh, you bet. Damn right he is. Jon yeah, Snow yeah. was a big... He's like Steph Curry. We're watching basketball right now. He's just like Steph. He's a threat from any part of the gym. He can hit it. He can hit it. <laughs> uh, Jon Snow's not as big of a badass as he becomes, but these next... this season, at, Towards the end of the season, he becomes the badass that he is. Yeah, he kills the boy. He, yeah. Become the man, Jon Snow. Yeah. Um, and then my Yas Queen is Tyrion to Jamie. Try the boar. Cersei can't get enough since one killed Robert for her. Uh, I love the tossback line to the OG, to Robert. I miss him. I miss Rob a little bit. He's a little fun He's boy. He's a good boy. Robert Barath was a good time. Let me tell you what. No one loved a good wedding better than Robert did. No, he was fun. I miss him, you know? Uh, but he's dead. <laughs> he would have had if that was his wedding. He would have had a whole tourney going. There would have been jousting. There would have been oh, a melee. Yeah. You know, it would have been a great event. I bet his wedding was dope. I wish that we saw his wedding a little bit. I bet it was a fun time. Him and Cersei probably did their betting, and everyone just watched him, just like. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, 
I think he. I think he Cersei, probably sounds like a bore when he fucks. I think ironically. Cersei said before that he was like too drunk to perform the night of their marriage or something. He's just like it won't do nothing. Yeah, <laughs> Yo, it'd be like that. And then the next morning so. he woke up not knowing what happened. He's like, how good did it feel? We, we we've all been there before. Well, Some, I haven't. Maybe you have. <laughs> sometimes I've. Sometimes you just got to give the rain check. You know, just like. You know, nothing's happening that night, so you're just like, all right, like maybe we'll we'll give it a go tomorrow morning, you know? Yeah, girls tend to do that with me, not the other way around. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, next segment, hottest moment. You want to lead us off this? Yeah, one? for me, the hottest moment, of course, is Joffrey dying. Yeah. Uh, it unanimous. Got me... What? Unanimous. Unanimous got me going because he was such a bad boy. He was. It's a bad boy. I mean, like, winter came all over. You just like, I'm glad that they top ten kid death of all time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that they like made it a point to show how big of a dick he was right before he died. Because up until that point, I was kind of like forget. I kind of forgot about it because Tyron got back yeah. and kind of put him in his place a little bit. Um, if you could go back in time, would you kill Baby Joffrey? <laughs> yeah. What about Baby Hitler? Yeah. Same. There was a debate on Twitter, and people were like, you can't, he was just a baby. You can take him and raise him elsewhere. They're like, no, I'd kill him. Yeah. I don't want a kid. Oh, yeah. Yeah, dude, I'd... <laughs> I'd just smother him. Anything. I'd just kill him. Throw him in a gas chamber or something. Him a... Yeah, give him the taste of his own yeah, medicine. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so mine, my number one was actually Joffrey strangling to death, but I assumed that you would pick that, so I got him runner up. Um, Dario versus Osnack. Yeah. That, um, and it's new Dario. Battle. New Dario. Yeah. I used to be super jealous of this Dario back in the day because he was always smanging Daenerys, and we all know how I feel about Daenerys. Yeah. But um, this, I'm I'm in on New Dario. Ever since I saw Haunting a Hill House, I'm all in on New Dario. What's that actor's name? I actually don't know. I don't know either. I'm he's foreign. He's from uh, I believe he's from um he's de- he's like from Denmark. We'll have our we'll, our fan club get on that. Someone, fan club. Someone sliding our DM. Who was the remember when we the moons? That was our first big debate. Was how many moons? Oh yeah, <laughs> you would not bleed for three moons. <laughs> I get yeah, moons a month, right? Kyle's I think told Kyle's us that. taught us that, and yeah. we've forgotten. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get we'll get the research department. <laughs> um, okay, so next segment, Fashion Kingsguard. Fashion Kingsguard. Best what did you more? think of the wardrobe? I think I don't think they were as pretty as. Uh... I so I actually I got in contact with you before we recorded this because I didn't think that this wedding was as I guess instrumental or. Uh, integral as the red wedding was um so i didn't feel right doing the fashion king's guard that we did for the red wedding i think i think you can't you know you can't replicate the red wedding you know? no there's only one you got to put it there and you got to look at it you know i looked at it if you just if you if you get i i bet if you had got <laughs> walder frey and rob together and they just sat there and they looked at it they would they'd be fine they wouldn't know I, it. I, watching this i will say this i thought brienne wasn't dressed that nice i didn't like her weird blue garb she was wearing i thought cersei looked great i thought olena looked very nice as far as like a grandma wardrobe for a wedding she looked great i thought tywin wore the same thing he always wears i would have loved to see a little color it was a little bit brighter it was a little bit brighter i would have loved to see a little splash something a little something (laughs) different give us like a lime green i would call it he wore more of a scarlet than like his regular crimson yeah sansa's wardrobe's been matching her personality lately which is a little little dreary i thought i thought Tyrion was dressed nice the whole red get up Jamie was kind of in his usual. Oberyn and uh, what was his girl's name? Ilaria looked fantastic. They I both think looked great. Stole, stole the show. Oberyn there. looked great, like but unfortunately, you can't pay attention to Oberyn's outfit when he's standing next to her. Yeah. Um, and I thought, um, 
Uh, but yeah, the, the big players. I thought Varys, Varys pulled out his nice outfit. He yeah, looks man. good. He, he was looking good. He probably, I think he shaved the dome a little bit. I think he, he had kind of like a Trader Spices look there. Yeah. Mr. Pycelle was not bringing his A-game. Oh, no. No. Gotta give Cer- the food to the dogs! Remember when Cersei traded, it, or traded his oh, ass? I told you, this is when the switch happened. She's all in on Kyborn. And is there some insinuation that Pycelle touched her at some point when she was young? Because she hates the fact he's creepy with the young women. Yeah, I don't know. By the time by the time she got to King's Landing, she wasn't young She was anymore. an adult, that's yeah, right, because yeah. he was there for the next She would have fucking murdered the fuck out of him. She hates Pycelle at this point, and then, so Marjorie actually even says, she's like, let's give the food to the poor, and then she tells Pycelle to give it to the dogs. Yeah. And he's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, bad move by Cersei, by the way. Like, why? Like, Marjorie's trying to feed the poor, dude. What's the deal? It's all just for power. Yeah. But, and also, Marjorie looked nice. She was tamer than what we're used to seeing from Marjorie. Yeah. Normally, we're used to seeing deep Vs, uh, but this is a nice wedding outfit. She had a more classic look to her. You know what it could have been, maybe? Um, like, in the in the wedding ceremony, they have you place, like, your cloak over the, over the bride. Yeah. So maybe that had already went down. Maybe that's why she looked covered up. Yeah, but also it's like, you know, it's like when you're supposed to wear a white wedding dress to symbolize yeah. virtue. Yeah. Maybe that was kind of it, yeah. like you're saying, to symbolize a sense of... Tradition. Tradition. Yeah. Yeah. No peen has been in yet. So basically, uh, that's that's the Fashion's Kingsguard segment because um, maybe I just copped out, but I just didn't think this was I don't think it deserves cool it. I thought, the, I thought the Red Wedding, the outfits were fire. Because yeah. everyone, like, even Rob pulled out Dude, his best Rob's, first Walter of all, Frey put on his amazing. good sweater. <laughs> Dude, Rob would have been the best dress at this wedding, and this was supposed to be the who's who at King's oh, Landing. Walter Frey would have been in contention for best dress at this wedding. <laughs> Yeah, it depends on which wife he brought. <laughs> um, so next segment, we actually have a pretty cool Mount Rushmore here. So Brutal deaths. Um, if you guys remember, a few weeks ago we did a Mount Rushmore of significant deaths. This week we're doing a Mount Rushmore of most brutal deaths. Brutal deaths. So this is going to get a little ugly, guys. A little ugly. And um, I think... It's going to get a little saucy up here. Did you go first last time? I No, because we kept having guests. Oh, yeah. Well, it's your house. You have real... Oh, yeah, I'll go first. All right. <laughs> go first. My first pick for most brutal death is going to be Ramsey Bolton. Mm, Getting eaten nice. by them doggy dogs. Nice. But he was, he was a bad boy. He deserved that. He did. It's not about who deserves it or doesn't yeah, deserve oh, it. Yeah, I know. Ain't that the truth. Um, mine is going to be Oberyn Martell. Spoiler alert. Ooh, also, yeah, major spoiler alert because some of my shit is like in season seven and All season of this six. is spoiler alerts, so, basically, yeah. even the yeah. Ramsey thing. So, so it's fine. Yeah. Who cares? Yeah, whatever. <laughs> but yeah, over Martell, dude. Gouging your eyes out and then just getting your head splashed and like squashed. That's fucked up. It's not what you're looking for. I always fast forward that part now when I rewatch that episode. I can't deal with that. Oh, yeah. And then Ilaria screams that streak at the end. Ooh, rough. It is rough. I it agree. Is. That's really sad. Yeah. For me, so number two, I'll go with uh, Sir Marin Trant. Ooh, that was my number two, too. Look at that. Were you cheating on my, were you looking at my draft board? I wasn't. I had a different number two I was going to take, but then I thought, this is the guy who's ambiguous enough for Chris to take. And his is brutal. Arya gives it to him so good. I'm not going to lie, it's rock hard the entire time. Oh, I yeah. would love her to be jumping around me like that. It's, Just hopping from side to side. She's a chandelier girl, for sure. Oh, she's swinging yeah. around, doing weird. <laughs> you don't know what she's up to. She's, she's Arya's a little spider monkey. She's hopping around. And you're just kind of into it, you know? You know, it's great. And I maybe I was a little too hard at the show writers at the beginning of the episode here, but they do do a great job at reminding you why you hate the character right before they get the death of David. Oh, I was hard the entire scene. What were you saying? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So my second pick is going to be Jon Snow. 
Oh, he does get a brutal death. He gets a brutal death. No, spoiler alert. Up. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Spoiler <laughs> alert. Yeah. I like that one, though. Ollie, bad boy. Oh, so my third pick will be the man who died this episode, Joffrey. That's brutal. I mean, he's he's choking on that shit for a long time. Oh, yeah. It's like, this is... This is I can never mind. This, this. <laughs> it's like Riley Reed after this a is long like Riley scene. Reed, but the one where like she's upside down on the couch. Oh you know, yeah. You know oh, we, oh, we all know. We all, we all know, that, know that spot for sure. Turn, f- flip him upside down like a hot pancake. <laughs> have, have, that, have that head hanging off the side of the bed. Yep, and then on. it's just Drillsville. <laughs> <laughs> then it's strictly Theon business from there pancake. for sure. <laughs> um, my third oh, pick. Oh my god. <laughs> I actually have some honorable mentions, too, so hopefully you don't pick some of my honorable mentions. But my third pick is going to be, uh, I, I don't know how to say her name, one of the Sand Snakes, Tyen Sand. Oh, yeah. Um, the one who was slowly poisoned, and uh, Ilaria has to watch her as she dies in the dungeon. Yeah. Pretty pretty brutal. Oh, I'm still laughing. I flipped over like a hot pancake. Yeah, I mean, you guys, if you don't know what we're talking about, look into it. It's it's something to be yeah. old, man. It's fantastic. Uh, it's so a lot my, to take at one time. Oh, my God. But they do it. With, they do it. Uh, like champs. Oh, man. So my fourth pick is I'm stuck on a couple. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Just Google throated. My fourth pick is uh, Maester Pycelle. Oh yeah, he gets stabbed a whole bunch from little hands, little kids, <laughs> little, little stabs, dude. And he's like coughing up all of this blood. That's the thing too. Like, have you ever watched um, like some of those like true crime shows on like A and E, like Snapped? Yeah, they and stuff? just released the Ted Bundy documentary on Netflix. Yeah. I'm gonna watch it as soon as you leave. So do you know how many like if you don't like stab like a major artery or something? It's it's bad. Like you gotta stab someone a shit ton of times before they die. And Mr. Picel was very cognizant oh, yeah. of a lot of it. Yeah, he he's a fuck stick. He deserved it. Yeah, whatever. Or I mean, maybe he just deserved to go to. Go to prison nah, he deserved all them blades. <laughs> uh, my fuck. third pick is going to be uh, Sir Roger Castle. Oh, yeah. And when Theon botched his execution. <laughs> botched his execution. Yeah, that was terrible. Oh, my God. So just had to take like three hacks at his head, blood squirting everywhere. Hot little pancake. Bad stuff. <laughs> mm. Next segment. Your final pick. You got no, a, I got my pick. You got a fourth pick. Ramsey, Trant. Joffrey, Maester Pycelle. Oh, so that was my fourth pick then? Yeah. Do I have Oberyn, Tyen, Jon Snow, and Roderick? All right, honorable mention, Shireen Baratheon, absolutely oh, brutal. brutal for everybody involved. So bad. Um, and then other honorable mention, the uh, High Septon who got ripped apart when um, the, the mob attacked Joffrey's little carriage thing. Yes. You remember that guy? Oh, yeah, I remember. Because he was, that was when things started changing. Yeah. Yeah. So, next segment, uh, fan favorite, You Blew It. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'll lead us off with this one. Hit us. Mine is the champion of Marine, Osnak Zopal. Oh, very uh, cocky. I mean, very cocky. He came in as like a 21-point favorite. <laughs> He's got a fucking horse that the other guy's facing doesn't. He's got a 14-foot-long spear, it looked like. The other guy had just a little dagger. You know, and then he just right, rolled in without uh, paying too much attention and ended up getting his head chopped off. So, Osnick Paul. You blew it. You, you blew, blew it. it. You fucking blew it, Osnick. He, he very much was one of those guys who, uh, like, just before the end zone starts cheering and, like, drops the it ball. Drops the ball. <laughs> drops the ball, and then they're like, touchback. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what it yeah, is. Like. Mine is pretty easy. So, when Tyrion exiles Shay and says, you gotta leave, she's crying. And this is not actually to the character shades of the actress. Terrible crier. 
clearly fake crying. There's no tears being produced. Man. Whereas Sansa produces real emotion. Shea was like, uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah, uh-huh. Yeah. Um, So to the actress who plays Shay. You blew it. You fucking blew it. Hopefully she was a better actress than her pornos that she did. She Well, yeah, she she's pretty good. I've watched them. They're not bad. Well, not all of them. Does I'm she like, cry or... The anal one. <laughs> <laughs> um, next segment. Oh my god! Speaking Somebody of anal, little pancakes. Speaking of anal, find George R. R. Martin a date. Let's get him. Um, I'll lead us off here because mine's kind of weird. Oh god! I picked the Six Flags Great America guy. <laughs> you know that commercial? <laughs> do, 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 yeah, do, from do, like seventeen years ago. Yeah, exactly. So we'll get that guy. Um, he just like has so much energy. He's always dancing around and shit. I'm thinking maybe yeah, more a, flags, more fun. I'm thinking a, uh, maybe he can get 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 some energy into George, get him to write that new book. <laughs> some energy in there. Or B, um, just get him dancing. Maybe he can lose some few pounds. Maybe live a, bit, a little bit longer and have more time to write the books. It's healthy. I like it. Um, shout out Sarah for giving me that uh that pick there. Yeah, big shout out. I like that. That's a good pick. My pick for George is um, is uh, Billy McFarland, the creator of oh. uh, the failed fire festival. Oh. Uh, he got six years in prison for that failed festival. George loves fire, so he can show Billy a few tips and a base. Um, <laughs> so, uh, and, and Billy and George are two are both two kind of chunky, ambitious boys. So they're perfect for each other. They're both chunky, they're both ambitious, and they're both boys. I like this. I, I think um, Billy definitely watched Game of Thrones. And got the idea of just like having the dragons just like never show up, just keep waiting, just keep waiting. Yeah. Except like George actually had them finally show up, whereas yeah. Billy just like never had anything. Show Billy up. was Robert Baratheon, and he was like, "Let's just spend all this money and see yeah. what happens, and not plan anything and fraud people." You, it's 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 amazing. You can't lie to investors nowadays, apparently. <laughs> you know, here's the thing too. I don't think Billy came out of it with any money because he spent all he's got to be broke the and, and the, the fine he got like a 26 million dollar fine yeah. and he's losing hella lawsuits man he's fucked the he's guy's fucked. fucked for life what a, what a moron hey, it's his own fault yeah it is next segment unnecessary titties Julius soft um so my unnecessary titties of these two episodes is when cersei was raped uh, over joffrey's dead body yeah that sucked uh very brutal scene very graphic scene uh, i just thought it was kind of unnecessary a little out of character it seemed for jamie well i guess but do we really know jamie at this yeah, point yeah. he's he jamie doesn't know himself at this point yeah that was uh not a great not a great moment for jamie if you're a jamie lannister fan um so my unnecessary titties are a, a little different it's this week it's so while joffrey's dying it's a very emotional moment. It is. And there's almost a humanity to Joffrey in that moment because his family's gathered around him. And it you got to remember, this is a kid. You know? And it's almost like they should have... He's a bad kid. He's a terrible kid. And he deserved it. And I hate Joffrey. But there's still... They, the show does a great job of still showing that empathy and emotion. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and while this very sad, kind of brutal death of a very main character is going on and the family is around him crying, a camera shot from above uh, does this beautiful scene and you see Joffrey's face just decomposing... But also, if you pay very close attention, you get an amazing shot of uh, Cersei Lannister's cleavage. Uh, just big old titties to the left. And I could not focus at all on uh, some unnecessary titties during this emotional, tense moment is, is my basic human impulse to look at titties. This one's on me, guys. I'm sorry. So you just I'm you build up that whole scene. I'm, try- I'm like, trying. You brought us there mentally. We're all 
picture in I'm this. trying to it focus, is... and then I'm like looking into Joffrey's eyes as they're bleeding, and then my eyes slowly drip left <laughs> like a heat-seeking titty missile. Looking, <laughs> and it's an amazing shot. She's got some cannons, man. Dude, yeah. Anyway, great, great stuff. Unnecessary titties. That's I mean that's and the, by her the titties books. were not the unnecessary part. My basic human need to look okay. was the unnecessary. I felt bad. I was like, I should be paying attention to watching Joffrey die, enjoying his death, empathizing. That's what the show writers want. But instead, I'm like, ooh, what's that? <laughs> did you see that? Did you see that uh, video that went viral of the guy? And he's basically like pumping himself up. He's like, this is gonna be the first video I'm gonna prove. Oh, it. Yeah. Guys don't have to look at girls' boobs. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna out. be a hero. And then he like turns and looks at the video. And then as soon as he looks, he just looks at the titties and goes, fuck. <laughs> Yeah, that was me, essentially. I'm, like, watching Joffrey die, thinking of Ned's head, thinking of all the things he's done to disgust me, and really doing what the show writers want you to do, which is feel that emotion, and then all of a sudden my eyes slowly drift to the left, and I'm like, whoa, hello! Let me tell you something, it, it is different, though, when you're looking at, like, a like a, a video or a show or something, when you're not in person, it is very difficult to not have your eyes drift there, but in person, I, I feel like I don't have a problem keeping eye-to-eye contact. If you're a woman, I know I've looked at your ass. <laughs> it's, it just fucking happened. If you've oh, ever man. talked to me, it's fucking happened. All right, well let's stop. Let's let's stop selling guys out here. Um, <laughs> next segment. I'm selling myself. Oh, trial by combat. Trial by combat. We'll edit it. Um, tra- so we'll get tra- our producer on it. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Nope. Haven't seen that ass in a long time. <laughs> Uh, it's funny because it's true. Oh god, life. You know, folks. Look, hey, listen. No. Um. So, trial by combat. So this week, uh, my show for trial by combat. It's a thriller about a virus, right? And it's a virus that gets released that turns all of humanity—men, women, girls, children—it turns them all. Because if you've paid attention to Twitter lately, folks, the world's going to hell in a handbasket. So so this virus turns all of these people, all types of people, all races, walks of life, men, women, children, into um, uh, schoolboys, teenage Catholic schoolboys. And what they do is they just wear shorts in the winter. They wear socks with sandals. They're constantly wearing khakis. But they get away with it because they have, like, good eye contact and firm handshakes. I'm like, that's a good young man, you know. Uh, And it's called Good Boy Syndrome. That's the name of the show. It's this the Good Boy Syndrome (laughs) gets released all over the world it's kind of like 28 days later and all these good boys are running around and it's like there's no consequences because they're good boys and no matter even if they do something wrong their futures are probably bright so they get away with it so it's good boy syndrome so there's no antagonist it's just the, the good boys are the antagonist <laughs> <laughs> you're just all you're just all good boys. that's no that's the thing is like they the people want are like oh they're good boys but they're they're actually pieces of shit so what do they? So what do they do? Like they just run around and they're just like drinking four local like sabra and they're like you know they're in like <laughs> they and then di- they got dips dips in they got dips in and they're spitting it all over and they're like saying really weird things to women and the women are like ha ha and then they're like they're you know there's like a Native American and they're just staring at him you know that kid from you know it's, it's all that shit <laughs> so it's so it's basically like being a high schooler on the south side of Chicago it's basically being yeah it's being like a, a, a Catholic school again. high schooler. On the south side of Chicago. If the internet has proven anything, that is a Catholic school, high school, or anywhere. It's an all-boy, it's just good boys. Good boy syndrome, man. All right. I mean, I, you know, if I were to rate that on They're a wearing of... deep Vs. They're, they have their dad's credit card. Their dad is always either a lawyer or owns a car dealership. <laughs> Actually, this, this kind of segues into something that I wanted to mention to the listeners for a long time, but we haven't really gotten a chance to. 
one of these days, I can't promise exactly what episode it's going to be because, you know... We don't like promises. I don't like breaking promises. Um, but we are going to have... So, Chidi did used to do some uh, theater stuff back in the day. Um, some Second City stuff, some stuff at Columbia. Um, so, we're going to have one of his old theater buddies come on and actually give kind of a breakdown of the best and worst of the Chidi originals. This might rank at the worst. <laughs> this this will be down there. <laughs> I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sugarcoat it. Number one, fish fuckers. Mm, not in my opinion, but we'll save yes. it for that episode. Okay, we'll save it. For I that think Good episode. Boy Syndrome. If I could explain it better, it's it's like it's like 28 Days Later. It's like a zombie virus, but instead it turns everyone into just like douchebag teenage boys. Have you ever seen a group of teenage boys before? Oh no, I don't get they it. give you extreme like, anxiety? Like, fights in the parks and stuff like. Uh, yeah, I, have you ever yeah. seen? I if I see a group of teenage boys walking toward me and I'm at work on Navy Pier, I get nervous that they're gonna pick on me. <laughs> Yeah, I don't do. I don't have that problem. Okay, well, I do. <laughs> but, I mean, no, I get. I, I'm picking up what you're laying down. The thing is, I just don't see how the story advances at all. I mean, like, yeah, the it's good just, boy syndrome gets there. And it's the, it's a horrifying theme. It's the scariest concept of all. A world full of that of just scary boys. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, that's our episode. Um, that was season four, episodes two and three. Thanks for tuning in, as always. Um, guys, give us some, uh, you know, anything you want to hear on the show, or if you want to hear about some theories that we have going into season eight or whatever it may be, let us know and we will, uh, get it on air. Yeah. And, uh, if you'd like to guest star, we've had, we've got starting to branch out, getting a lot more guest stars on. We're having recurring guests, which we love and and we want to keep that up as well. But if you'd like to guest star, please just let us know. Speaking of guest starring, we also tried out the, uh, phone situation last week, which didn't sound bad. It sounded great. So feel free to call in. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so awesome. That's a great episode. Chris, anything else? You're good? That's it. All right. Thank you guys very much. And uh, Amelia, hit me up. I'd love to meet you. And look at your ass.